Hey everybody, I uh, wanted to take just a moment and share. We're going to take a little bit of a different approach um, for this week. AT's joining me today. We're going to conclude today with just a few uh, Q&A interactions after I bring a word of both encouragement and challenge. And I um, want to encourage you in understanding just a few things about something that we're trying to accomplish. And that is, we are asking you, what are the things that are really on your heart, on your mind, or the things that are maybe on the heart and mind of others right now, questions that people are having. So if you'll send those in, you can email those at info at destinyokc.com, or you can just direct message any of our social media outlets, and we will make a list of those, walk those out, work those out. We'll be able to share some of the responses maybe in the course of the week on our social media outlets as well. So as we get started today, A.T., why don't you um, lead some prayer? Yeah. Father, we just thank you for all that you are doing um, in the middle of this chaos. And we just pause for a moment and we invite your presence to yes. come, to be with us, to guide us, to direct us. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would invade the homes and cars or wherever yes. people are listening or watching uh, these videos. I pray that you would be with them, drawn near to them. Father, I pray that we would be a people marked by your presence yes. and a world marked by fear and chaos and mistrust. So, Lord, we uh, submit ourselves to you and ask you to use us. Um, and we pray that the words of our mouth and that the meditations of our heart would be pleasing to you and that you would receive honor and glory from our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Um, I just want to encourage you as we talk through a few scriptures um, to consider how you can integrate in conversation and interaction in your home, um, among yourselves with other friends, a lot of options, opportunities in terms of digital communication and connection. So uh, let's really grow together in our faith and our relationship with God in a time where so much is going on. Our emphasis and our focus right now is Isaiah 41:10. Fear not, for I am with you. And I just want to reiterate again the significance of how the presence of God, I am with you, addresses the fear that many times we can um, face. And so peace doesn't come from the absence of problem. Peace doesn't come from the absence of pressure. Peace comes from the presence of God, no matter what the problems are, no matter what the pressures may be. And so today, I want to explore those ideas a little further as that's the season that we're in. And I want to share with you a message that I'm entitling today, Everything Works for Our Good. So obviously, I'm going to take the text, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And I just want you to think about all things, how all-inclusive all things really would be. Because I can think of some situations and circumstances in the course of my life that I just think these are deeply complicated, painful situations and circumstances. How does God include that in all things? Right now, we're dealing with so much in terms of just a chaotic sense of complete upheaval of rhythm and schedule and, and concerns, legitimate concerns for what's going on in our world. All things work together. That, that includes the situation that we are all in right now. So as we evaluate that and we start to look at it, the big question is how can good come from this? And if all things really do work together for the good of those who love and are called according to His purpose, then there are some good things that we can focus in on. And that's where I want 
to bring an emphasis. It just seems that God is consistently bringing good things out of bad situations. All throughout Scripture, throughout the ages, there's this consistent mode of God to find that which is ashes and out of it bring beauty. Uh, Out of just incredibly humble beginnings, a king is born, the Messiah comes. It's just always a surprise what God does with that which is placed within His hands. He's the master at doing more than we thought He could with less than we thought He needed. And that's always the case with God. So in these moments of time, for us to really press in and understand that, it's significant. God has a way of bringing life out of situations that seemingly really have no life-giving entity. And that's in many ways uh, a huge part of the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So all this social distancing, it it positions us uh, to be more at home. The statistics are showing that murders are down, robberies are down. But man, husband and wife fighting is at an all-time high. Um, I'm just kidding, actually. Not sure that that statistic even exists. Um, And I have not had a single fight with my wife all morning long because I've been here with AT. So, uh, so far, so good for the day. I've really learned that with God, honestly, we search for purpose in places of pain and discover something more significant and something deeper that God is up to when we didn't even realize that He was. Uh, I was reflecting on the illustration and analogy that we've talked about as a church family over the years, but a hummingbird and a buzzard both fly over the same stretch of desert. The hummingbird finds these beautiful flowers with sweet nectar, and the uh, buzzard finds dead, decaying carcass. They both find what they're looking for, and we all tend to find what we look for. It's just a matter of what we're searching for. So in these times, we're believing God for wisdom to search for something more, search for something deeper, search for something significant that God is up to in our midst. And think about it. There's this remarkable correlation between challenge and adventure. There's really nothing uh, that you would try to participate in if you wanted to go and seek adventure that would not involve some sense of challenge. Some people see challenges that discourage them, while other people see opportunities in the adventure that will actually activate them. And it really is uh, the willingness to look for something more than what we're uh, simply able to see. You know, our, our emphasis for 2020 is if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. And we are just believing that in this time, God is actually equipping us for the supernatural as we press into more in places of prayer, Uh, more in places of the Word. And today, that's really my challenge, just to ask you um, to begin to pray that we all would begin to see that God is doing something deeply significant right now in every single one of us. There's a scripture in Psalms chapter 4, verse 6, where David says, Hear me when I call, O God. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. And it's just so interesting to me that in a moment of distress or a place of distress or a season of distress, that's when God was choosing to enlarge David. And David recognized that in a place of distress was when I was enlarged. That's going on in the body of Christ right now in this hour. And there's this emphasis and a focus that I'm believing and seeing and sensing that there is a new wine harvest that's coming to the world. People are coming to know Jesus in amazing and, and powerful ways. People are turning to God, asking Him for answers in this time. And I think it's really important that we as the church not return to the old wineskin church, but we actually become the new wineskin body of Christ 
uh, never able to really return to the same form that we used to be in. And God's helping us and wanting us to understand as we walk that out. So there are these enrichment opportunities that we all have together. These are great times to spend more time in God's Word, great time to spend more focused time in prayer, great times to be calling and checking on people, calling praying with people over the phone, get familiar with Zoom meetings. We're having a lot of Zoom meetings right now, just interacting with people and encouraging them in their faith in an effort to better equip you to be enriched um, while we walk out this season of social distancing, we've actually purchased a church-wide subscription to Right Now Media. You have an email that has been sent to you. Um, just click on that email and it will unlock that for you to be able to start to explore a lot of great, inspiring, and empowering options right there online. If for any reason you didn't get that email, please just text DESTINY to 474747. Fill out that Connect card. Make sure your email is correct and let us know you're interested in Right Now Media. And we will get you that information so that you have that as a resource of being enriched in your homes. In addition to that, we have applied and have been accepted this week as a local partner with Feed the Children. And with their organization, we then have the capacity and ability to begin to make more of a difference in the community. Obviously, with everything going on, they have limitations. So we're waiting to hear back what that will look like. And as we learn more about what that partnership is, we'll be uh, notifying you and letting you know how we as a church are making a difference in our community. And we just are so thankful for everybody jumping in, pitching in, giving online, uh, when we've had opportunities here to come and serve, we've had so many people show up that we're having to be very careful about that because of social distancing. It's just the heart of our church family for which I'm deeply, deeply uh, grateful. So we're believing for God's wisdom as we walk all this out. We're also purposing to pray for you in these times that you're facing a great challenge on many different levels. Challenge you as you grow deeper, not only to grow yourself, but take someone with you in that journey. So in these moments now, we just want to take a few moments with some questions that people have sent in. I want to reiterate, please continue to send in those questions so that we can field with a little bit of Q&A maybe in social media in the course of the week. So the first question uh, that uh, came is, how can, I be, how can I manage being married to somebody who is so ridiculous at times? And that actually came from Tracy. I'm going to answer that one when I get home a little bit later. But let's go on to the real question. A.T., I'm going to um, turn this one to you. So um, should churches be asking people to give money during a time of crisis? Yeah, it's a uh, great question. I do think um, you, know, you can dive into all kinds of different issues on tithing versus offerings and givings. I think um, just a couple of things. One is that um, the times that tithing is mentioned or giving is mentioned in the New Testament, uh, one of the most interesting ones is in Hebrews chapter 7 where it talks about Abraham giving a, a tenth or a tithe to Melchizedek. And what's uh, pointed out about that text is that Abraham gave um, not in order to get, but he gave because God had already blessed him by the defeating of the kings which he was coming from. So I think it's important to continue to give, not just that for the church to ask, but for believers to continue to give, because it's one way that we we keep the love of money from our hearts. Uh, it's it, our giving is an act of worship, and that it communicates we believe God is our provider. Um, the other is just flat out um, for uh, 
1 Timothy 5, 18, Paul says that to those leading the church, the elders leading that don't muzzle the ox. In other words, uh, while the ox is doing its work, let it eat some of the grain it's going. And, or the next part of that verse, a laborer is worth his, uh, a labor is worth his wage. And that we're a part of a community that helps take care of each other. And this community has, um, has leaders in it that also is a part of uh, our responsibility to help take care of them and hold them accountable as they serve and minister uh, to us. Another one would just be just quickly is to say the church is not the same thing as a, another charitable uh, 5013C in that it's not just like the Red Cross. If we are called out to be a people who live differently than the world for the sake of the gospel. And uh, that requires us to do some, some things together. And uh, giving is a part of that. So I would just encourage people. One is uh, uh, Dr. Rutland used to say um, to uh, young preachers, don't ever preach on money because you need money. Preach on money because you care about people's souls. Right. And uh, at the heart of it, right now, when everybody's squeezing in and everybody's uh, getting nervous, one of the ways we practice worship is in our generosity as a way of showing money does not have a hold on me. I have a hold on it. And uh, so uh, we teach money a lesson in a way by giving it, by yeah. giving it away. It's very good. And just the overall perspective of giving is worship. What right do I have not to allow people space to worship in their lives. I mean, if we were to, to follow that lead and say, yeah, it's a time of crisis. We're not going to have anybody give, even if we had everything funded fully. Uh, it's an expression of worship that people out of their heart. I think that's the key thing that we, everything that we do, we do truly from the heart, especially during a time like this. It just makes our sacrifice even more uh, fragrant before the Lord as we walk that out. Can I point out one more thing? Absolutely. 2 Corinthians 9, Paul makes an interesting statement where he talks about, you know, those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. He wants us to give what we purposed in our heart because God loves a cheerful giver. But that following verse is God's able to make all grace abound. So we give, our giving is out of faith in that God is the one who's able to make all things abound to us. So he says in that verse, we have everything that we need for every good work. Yeah. And two verses later, verse 12, he says, this is a ministry unto the Lord. In other words, giving is a part of our ministry as a people. Yeah, very good. Awesome. Next question is, uh, how can the church use the experience of this season to transform the way we do church? And do you think everything is just going to go back to business as usual within the church when COVID-19 eases? Um, you know, I actually addressed this in the, what I was sharing a while ago about the church being bent out of shape, uh, and I'm, I, uh, I believe 100% the church will not return to its original condition um, if God has anything to do with it. And it doesn't mean that the church was completely broken before, but uh, in our fallen place of humanity, God's constantly reorganizing and reordering and restructuring so that we're able to understand more of what He has in mind. From this, we are going to learn a lot more. One thing we're doing right now, uh, churches just all over the nation and in nations of the world, because people are so uh, self-isolating in homes, uh, we're really focusing to empower people to make disciples in the home. And so for the Jews, the, the ministry center is the home, not the synagogue. But for Christians, the ministry center has become the church and not the home. So I think that's one order that God is restructuring and reorganizing. And we as church leaders right here at Destiny are absolutely devoted to understanding more of what God's trying to reveal through this so that we don't just go back to our original condition and shape, but we're enlarged and improved and increased in that journey. Anything else uh, you had in that regard? 
Yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, until the church got persecuted in the book of Acts, until the church got really persecuted, it stayed around Jerusalem. But when it got persecuted, it spread. Yeah. And just God can use anything um, to accomplish his purposes. So I, I think a great question for us in this season is, what is God saying and how is God reorienting us and paying attention to yeah. that? Yeah. Very good. All right, two more. Uh, here's one. How do we as followers of Christ find the harmony or balance in believing and laying hands on the sick, not forsaking the assembling, uh, while also submitting to authority. Some people just feel like that we don't have enough faith. Some feel it's wise. There's a tension that exists that this person is obviously defining in the midst of this. So um, how do you manage that tension? Yeah, so a couple things. One is there's a couple things in that question. One is... Um, the issue of civil obedience versus disobedience. I do think it's important Christians are prepared that we at times may have to respectfully practice civil disobedience. Um, you got to remember, we're part of a long group of people who were thrown into eaten by lions and or burned at the stake because of their civil disobedience. Um, Bonhoeffer even noted that Christians in Germany could have used a little more civil disobedience <laughs> to prepare them. Um, so I do, I do acknowledge the, the courage behind the question of saying, even though there are things government saying, should we not be willing to practice some civil disobedience? And that is the case. So when um, Bibles are outlawed in countries and Christians own Bibles, that's a way of civil disobedience. So that has its place. Uh, secondly, is we are a part of a long group of people that, for example, when uh, the bubonic plague hit cities and they were being evacuated, Christians were the ones going in to uh, take care of the sick and the dying and the hurting and and even bringing healing. I mean, that's where actually the idea of a hospital came out of the church yeah. um, early on. So just affirming those two things. But then I, I point out that the situation runs a bit different than most of those. No one's asking us to not preach the gospel. No one's asking us that we can't find other creative means to engage in community. Um, there's not a restriction on the church in that sense. Romans 14, uh, 10 says, Love does no harm to its neighbor. But the word harm is actually translated illness. Love does no ill will to a neighbor. Love doesn't give sickness to its neighbor. And what we're being asked right now is we're being asked to um, not gather out of responsibility to those most vulnerable among us, which is a way of saying, help us love other people yeah, good. in a way. So I think just acknowledging this situation is a bit different. Uh, than most. And then I would just encourage people, as far as praying for the sick, it doesn't take any more faith to believe that God would heal when I pray for somebody over the phone as it does when I'm with them and laying hands on them. Um, so I, I think that uh, we can still engage in all of that. Um, I would just be cautious about faith versus presumption. Yeah. Faith is not confidence in a particular outcome. Faith is confidence in a person regardless of the outcome. So we have faith in Jesus. We go after things. Um, believing for great outcomes, also knowing that there's a great passage again in Romans 14. If we live, we live unto the Lord. If we die, we die unto the Lord. That's a statement of faith. <laughs> right. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. So I just think being careful not to move into presumption, but in faith we can still pray and do a lot of things that we want to do um, while also honoring some of the restrictions in yeah. place. I remember um, a trip that we were on, a missions trip into Mexico, and we were uh, going to the border, and Pastor John Ware was leading the charge. And one of the young guys on the trip said, um, you know, why are we going so early? And Pastor John said, because we want to 
use wisdom and get there early enough in case there are any complication. And the young man challenged him on that and said, um, you know, do you not have faith? And I just remember watching that go down in that conversation and interaction, thinking wisdom and the lack of faith have a real resembling relationship sometimes. It's kind of hard to tell the difference at times, but walking that out with God helping us in that process is really important part. And what I've learned also is the younger a believer is, the more naive they are, the quicker they are to be judgmental about decisions that are made. And the older we become, the more we kind of see a broadened perspective of God works with whatever we give Him to work with. And so I thank God for His wisdom and guidance as we walk all this out. So that's great, great perspective you brought there. Um, last question, what can we do to help? I'm, called to, uh, I'm calling to check on people. I'm texting my host team members. This is a member of our leadership structure here, obviously, servant leaders. Uh, I just feel so useless. We were created by God to serve. So, you know, I, I think this is a great question because there are a lot of things we can do just in reaching out phone calls and so on. But, but I thought about this in these terms. This is such a great time just to practice the presence of God. Practice a, a place of solitude before Him. Maybe take a piece of paper and a pen and just in a place of prayer, just writing down, all right, this is what um, I'm sensing from the Lord in these moments, people that God puts on your heart. And then go after you've prayed and, and you feel promptings of the Lord in different directions, go and just send text messages to those people. I mean, how powerful is that? You're just putting the presence of God into practice for your everyday life. And I think it is really significant for us to understand the church many times and this isn't correction, but just observation, because I think the church many times um, begins to function organizationally if it's going to function at all. And what I mean by that is we need to learn to find our place individually. The, the Great Commission is not an organizational commission. It's an individual commission. And each of us will answer to God for how we've responded to the Great Commission. Um, I'm reminded of uh, Chester Howard, a man that, that uh, Mr. Howard's father, actually, who leads our school administrator, uh, Mr. Chester Howard was in the hospital and I went to visit him and his heart was completely blocked. The main artery was completely blocked, not 90%, completely blocked. And the doctor said it was an absolute miracle. His heart had grown small veins to connect the chambers that needed to be connected and was functioning around the artery of his heart. And I remember hearing that just thinking, you know, there was a problem and his heart responded by answering the issue and, and correcting the problem without having to go and consult the head. Chester Howard didn't even know what was going on, but the need was being met. And I think that speaks of the heart of the church. There are a lot of times that we will organize efforts. We are partners with Feed the Children. We are doing all these other things, but we as individuals, church members, me as a Christian, not a pastor of an organization, I have a responsibility just to care for others, love on others, and be sensitive to the Lord in the way we all walk that out. And I think that's an important part uh, of this particular season as well. So anything in addition there? Yeah, I would just encourage that person as well, just making sure your, uh, your desire to serve is not fueled by some insecurity. Yeah. Um, but we want to serve from a place of rest. Uh, I want to just say it's noble to do that. And also recognize ministry is uh, prayer is a ministry. Yeah. Uh, recognize giving again in Second Corinthians nine is a ministry. Um, that there's other ways to I engage in ministry. Um, that that is a bit different. But I mean, you've nailed the head as far as practicing the presence, responding in obedience, yeah. um, and discipling those around us. It's key. 
Um, I do think there's one other thought I just had as you were speaking, and it was in dealing with, oh, it's easy for us all right now to feel like there's so much to do and I'm not doing enough. Uh, It can be exhausting to live in that feeling of never really doing enough. And I would just encourage you to enter into that rest, labor to enter into rest, Hebrews chapter 4. And then right after that verse, that's verse 10, um, then it goes into about the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's interesting, but revelation is born from rest, not from restlessness and feeling like I should do more and am I doing enough. So an important element for us. So as we kind of migrate into a time of worship, we're, we're structuring worship to be more in the conclusion of our online expression in this season. Uh, may not stay that way, we'll see. But it's good just for us to kind of prepare our hearts with what we sense God is saying and then just invite His presence. And so uh, Chrissy has been uh, on a trip, has returned. She's self-quarantining at home. So she and Ethan are there, and they're going to lead worship to our living room, from their living room, uh, from their heart to ours. And I want to encourage you just to engage as they begin to to sing and, and worship, that you in your homes and we all in our homes would just pay attention to what God's wanting to do as He enters in in an incredible place of um, all of us learning more to discern the presence of God in our heart and our homes as a way of life. And I just declare that Psalms 112 um, chapter that I have been praying and we have been praying in agreement now for well over a year. And I just want to speak this uh, as we go into just a time of our embracing, experiencing the presence of God. Psalms 112, focusing in on verses 6 to 8. We will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. But God's constant care of us will make a deep impression on all who see it. We will not fear bad news nor live in dread of what may happen. For we have settled in our minds that Jehovah will take care of us. That is why we are not afraid but calmly face adversity. Fear not for I am with you. We thank you Lord that you are with us and your presence Lord is what gives us the courage and the strength to walk in a place completely free and uh, walking, Lord, in a posture of utter confidence before you. Even when we don't understand, we can look to you and you can calm us in a place of standing in your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.